sold out to God. <coughs> Thanks for this evening. Is the verse five. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. About 40 miles west of Athens, was the city of Corinth. It was a large city, reported to have had a population in Paul's time of about 200,000. When Paul arrived there, he did so alone. Then later, he was joined by Silas and Timothy. So we read there just now in verse 5. Though he was alone there in Corinth for a while, Paul still demonstrated the burden he had for souls, the burden he had for preaching the word, the burden he had for telling people about Christ. And that's demonstrated for us there in the verse 4. Now remember, he's arrived there, he's arrived alone in verse 4, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. He wanted to preach to the Jewish people. His own people. Whom he had a great burden for. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. And persuaded the Jews. And the Greeks. No he didn't have any fellow laborers with him but the apostle carried on his work alone he entered the synagogue and the read there reason with the Jews and with the Greeks persuading them to receive Christ giving them the gospel <coughs> he did every he did this even though the Jews Many of them would not receive the gospel. But Paul preached to them anyway. So he said he had a great burden for them. He even prayed once that he wished he was accursed from God. And it meant the salvation of his brethren and king's men according to the flesh. There's a man who had a burden for souls. And here is Paul. No moral support. No one to stand with him. And he ministered alone. Paul was the type of man. Whether anyone stood with him or not. He was like Martin Luther. Luther said. Here I stand. I can do none else. That was Paul. There he stood. He could do none else, whether he was opposed or commended, he was for preaching the gospel. By the grace of God, he was able to do so. 
you recall what the Lord told Ananias regarding as he was known then as Saul of Tarsus the Lord had told Ananias to go and meet with Saul and Ananias was, wasn't too sure about going because he had heard so much about Saul of Tarsus and how he persecuted the church but the Lord told Ananias to go he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel Acts 9 and verse 15 he's a chosen vessel unto me the Lord told Ananias he will suffer many things for my name's sake but I have chosen him to preach the gospel to kings to the Jews and to Gentiles and he did so you know and he did it alone on many occasions if you turn to Acts chapter 26 here he's preaching to a king and he's standing alone read in Acts 26 and verse 27 King Agrippa he's before King Agrippa and Agrippa's lords and ladies and there's Paul and he's alone and King Agrippa I believe thou or believest thou the prophet I know thou believest then Agrippa said unto Paul almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian and Paul said I would to God that not only thou but all who are all that hear me this day were both almost and all together such as I am except these bonds he's a prisoner but Paul stood alone and he did what God said he would do he preached unto kings he was not timid in any way when he stood before Agrippa you know there's many a believer and they're called upon to stand for the Lord and stand alone they're called upon to stand alone say amongst family to stand alone, alone amongst friends and maybe factory workers they're called upon to stand alone you're faithful to the Lord the Lord will give you the grace to stand praise his name not only that you may not have any physical support you may not have anybody to stand with you but the Lord will stand with you always, always you stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ didn't he tell Paul in our reading there tonight regarding the people of Corinth the Lord told Paul I am with thee, fear them not but any man can do unto thee I am with thee why is it good to have the, to have the Lord say I'm with you. That's all you need. 
And so here is Paul and he's standing alone. He's like, reminds us of that hymn we sing sometimes, Dare to be a Daniel, or Dare to be a Paul. Dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm and dare to make it known. That was Paul. What I want to consider this evening with the Lord's help is Paul's coming to Corinth. His coming to Corinth. So we are told that Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth, verse 1. Let us begin regarding Paul's coming to Corinth. Let us begin by considering the place, Corinth. What sort of a place was it? Well, as it was in Paul's day, it was a place none of us would want to live. Corinth was the vanity fair of the Roman Empire, famous for licentious behaviour and the worship of Venus. That worship was centred on the temple of Venus. I couldn't even tell you, I wouldn't dare tell you what went on in that temple. Corinth was a city proverbial for debauchery. Men of the time, when desiring to describe some other corruption, they would say, they live as they do in Corinth. Corinth became a proverb for corruption and filth. Every known sin was committed in the city of Corinth. Paul wrote his letter to the Romans while he was in Corinth. And when he wrote about the actions of the prey of men and the depraved of nature, he was surely thinking about the Corinthians. You read there in Romans 1. In Romans chapter 1. Verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and bird and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You can read the rest of the verses. And what Paul said in writing to the Romans he was evidently thinking about the Corinthians because that's where he wrote the letter from. And you read through those verses it was corruption all the way. And yet Paul went there to the Corinthian, to that corrupt city. He went there to preach the gospel. See, see, all men need the gospel. Doesn't matter who they are or what they are or what they've done, they need to hear the gospel of Christ. And when he wrote his first letter to the Corinthians, 
he made reference to the wickedness of the city. You turn to First Corinthians, the chapter six. First Corinthians six verses nine and ten. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Get that. Such were some of you. But ye are washed, and ye are sanctified, that ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of you. Ah, but the power of the gospel changed them, made them new creatures in Christ Jesus. That's the power of the gospel. Do you know what else? The church was established in Corinth. The assembly and briefly outlined the sort of a city Corinth was. And Paul went there and reasoned with the Jews and reasoned with the Greeks and gave them the gospel. And some believed. And in that corrupt city, God was pleased to have a church. But dealing with this next Lord's Day, Lord willing. Paul, verses 9 and 10 of Acts 18. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. Mark these words. For I have much people in this city. See? In the worst of cities, the Lord had hid elect. There they were, in the city of Corinth. I have much people in this city. I have much, I have many of my chosen in this city. Paul, you go out and preach the word. And preach the gospel to them. And I'll be with you, Paul. No man will set on thee to hurt thee. Does that not demonstrate the power of the gospel? That in such a place, a church was established where the believers came together to worship the Lord. That's the power of the gospel. Never underestimate the power of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. The power of God. The word, that word power. It's the word that we get our English word dynamite from. It's the dynamite of heaven is this gospel. Power of God under salvation to everyone that believes. The power of God. It shows us that there is no place too hard for the Lord. There's no heart too hard for the Lord. He can melt the heart 
that is as hard as Adam and stone. It's the power of the gospel. As well as the place, we notice this evening the providence. Upon his arrival in Corinth, where would Paul find accommodation? He'd never been to Corinth before. Where would he find accommodation? Of course there were no motels or hotels. So where would he stay? Well, Paul being the man that he was, he would know. He had confidence in God. The Lord would provide for him. The Lord would provide accommodation. And so he did. Here a wonderful example of the providence of God. Look at verse 2 of Acts 18. He's arrived in Corinth from Athens and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. Paul came unto them. Paul came unto Aquila and Priscilla. Notice the wording. Find a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy. So they hadn't been in Corinth that long. They had come there lately. And we're told why they were in Corinth. Because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. And Paul came unto them. So upon arrival in Corinth, Paul was brought providentially in contact with Aquila and Priscilla. When you take a closer look at this, you see the providence of God. It's a wonderful thing, God's providence. Notice regarding the providence, notice the timing. Notice the timing. You see the wording? We're told that this couple had lately come to Corinth from Italy. Lately come. Then we are told that they had been driven out of Rome. Claudius a man who evidently did not like the Jews and obviously driven Aquila and Priscilla out along with others. Well, as we considered a few weeks ago what Paul said, for we know, what do we know? All things work together for good work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose all things work together for good and there was this character Claudius driving out the Jews and what that man meant for evil God meant it for good had he not driven out the Jews Aquila and Priscilla never would have met Paul and Paul never would have met them. They were lately come. 
timing. So when this Claudius expelled all the Jews from Rome, the timing was perfect. Just before Paul arrived in Corinth, Aquila and Priscilla had been driven out. Just before Paul got there, there was Priscilla and Aquila. And there they were. It's a marvel, isn't it? God's providence. In Job chapter 9, verse 10, Job said this regarding his God. He said, God wished doeth great things past finding out yea and wonders without number well you can add your amen to that amen. <laughs> wonders without number well here was the wonder of God's providence the timing was perfect Lately come from Italy. Just in time to meet up with Paul. As well as the timing. Look at something else. It was providential. Look at the trade. The trade. Yes, we are told. He came unto them and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them. What was the craft? They were tent makers. Paul was a tent maker. Priscilla, Aquila, Aquila, Priscilla were tent makers. And lo and behold, so was Paul. <coughs> he had been a tent maker. And there in Corinth, he meets with a couple. He carried on the same trade. There was the providence of God again. Many a person looking at that and would say oh what are the chances of that happening or why wasn't that lucky <laughs> it had nothing to do with luck the mighty hand of God was on it all bringing Priscilla and Aquila from Italy just in time to meet with Paul they came from Athens to Corinth and there they met and lo and behold they were all tent makers. Just as Job said of our God, he does great things past finding out. And we're told in the verse 3, he abode with them and wrought. So, Paul wasn't what you say these days a freeloader. No, they were tent makers. And he put his hand to the work as well of making tents. He wrought. You think of it again. How was Paul going to get by? He no why. Well, the Lord brought him in contact with tent makers, and Paul was a tent maker. And he wrought with them, and no doubt sold the tents, and he had a, an income. This reminds us what David said. David said, I have been young, 
and now alone. Yet have I not been, <coughs> have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread? Lord looks after his own. And believe her, he does a good job. Mm -hmm. David said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, his children, begging bread. To get a hold of that. All things do work together for good. And how God brought Aquila and Priscilla to meet with Paul. And he stayed with them. And lo and behold, they were tent makers. And he was able to work with them. Did the Lord do all things well? As well as the place and the providence. That leads us to consider the partners. Remaining Aquila and Priscilla. And laboring with them. And tent making. That married couple became laborers with Paul. Became very good friends. You'll see just how deep that friendship was in a moment. But we see how readily they went with Paul to the work. Look at verse 18 of Acts 18. And there we read. <coughs> Sorry, that's the wrong verse. But what, I, what we have there is that uh, Aquila and Priscilla went with Paul. Wherever he was going, he went, they went with him. They became co-laborers. They went with Paul wherever he was going. In fact, verse 18. And Paul, after he let's tarry there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. Went into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. They went with him. They hadn't met all that long. They hadn't been friends all that long. But here we have Paul going on on a missionary journey. And Priscilla and Aquila go with them. Husband and wife. Turn please to Acts, or sorry, Romans. Romans chapter 16. Here we have in many ways Paul's role of honour. He mentions quite a number of people here in the chapter 16 of Romans. People who laboured with him. And when you know it, he mentions Aquila and Priscilla. Look there in verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, Unto whom not only I give thanks, 
but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise greet the church that is in their house. We notice then regarding them being partners. You see, first of all, they were workers. We've just read that there in Romans 16. <coughs> what a wonderful testimony this couple had. Paul said, my helpers in Christ Jesus. The word helper, the word helper there means co-laborer. They were co-laborers with Paul. So they didn't stand on the sideline and look and, and admire what Paul was doing. No, they got involved. Is that what is needed in the Lord's work? Co-laborers. The Lord's work and the Lord's servants always need helpers. There's so much to be done. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28. Verse 28, now maybe verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps. Now just one word. God has set some in the church. He has set helps in the church. Helps. And that word helps is a word that means supporters supporting well that's what Aquila and Priscilla became, they became supporters co-laborers with Paul as I say they didn't stand on the sideline and admire what Paul was doing no they were supporters they got involved in the work and as far as God's work is concerned, there's always work to be done. Always. They didn't help Paul to receive praise of men. Not at all. They did it for Christ. By helpers in Christ Jesus. Their helping Paul was as if each one of them said, Let my hands perform his bidding. Let my feet run in his ways. Let my eyes see only Jesus. Let my lips speak forth his praise. Not only do we have their work, you have also their willingness. Their willingness. Evidently that meeting with the couple in Corinth, a deep lasting 
friendship was developed and of course that friendship and love for one another was grounded in Christ they were helpers in Christ Jesus they loved the Lord they loved the Lord as Paul loved the Lord after all they were brothers and sisters in Christ and Paul here speaks how deep that friendship was look at the wording who have for my life laid down their own necks who have for my life they've done this for me in other words they took their own life in their hands and found themselves in dangerous situations but they did it because they loved Paul and they were his co-laborer and they were his helper and again they did it all for Christ they were ready to lay down their own lives and do it for Christ no wonder Paul said unto whom I give thanks I give thanks they certainly earned that word of praise they earned that word of praise from the apostle Paul believers let us be willing to be helpers in the Lord's work to do what we can for the master turn please to Mark chapter 14 here we read about Mary in Mark 14 and there we read in verse 8 what did the Lord say about Mary she had come in the night of the Lord and there was an immediate outcry led by Judas of course and the other disciples joined in look at verse 6 and Jesus said let her alone see Lord will always stand up for his people let her alone Judas led the criticism but the Lord said the Lord stood with the woman the Lord said let her alone why trouble ye her she has wrought a good work on me for ye have the poor with you always and whensoever ye will ye may do what them good but me ye have not always verse 8 she has done what she could she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying that tells me a lot about this woman tells me should pay a lot of attention to the things the Lord said 
because near the Calvary he talked more and more and more about his death and he was buried and raised the third day Mary evidently had heard him say that you know something Mary showed more spirituality that day than the disciples did they were out to criticize her the Lord said let her alone she had done what she could you may say what can I do to help I don't have any talents what can I do to help well you can do what you can that's what Mary did she did what she could and then you can pray look at Romans 15 and verse 30 15 Romans 15 verse 30 now Paul says now I beseech you brethren he's pleading with them for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake do it for his sake I beseech you brethren for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me there you are strive together with me you can labor with me with your prayers So it is with our missionaries. We can't go to the mission field with them, but we can labor with them with our prayers. Their willingness, their work and their willingness, and then you notice their worship. Mention is made of their worship. Paul goes on to say not only I give thanks but also all the church and of the Gentiles and so you see that Priscilla and Aquila their help in the Lord's work their support of Paul was well known so their labors for the Lord touched the hearts of many touched the hearts of many in various churches where the believers worshipped. Verse 5. That wasn't all, for Paul goes on to say, Greet the church that is in their house. So the congregation met in the house of Aquila and Priscilla they had opened the doors of their home to Paul now they do the same for the church and in first, Second Corinthians 16 verse 19 Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house so they didn't do it just the once they did it again and again what would you say about Priscilla and Aquila 
we would say that our soul out to God. You don't read of them doing anything up but the service of the Lord. Co-neighbors, co-workers with Paul, sold out to God. We mentioned that, quoted that verse of Paul this morning. Paul said, for to me, to live is Christ. Those are the words of a man who sold out to God. Priscilla and Aquila were sold out to God. All that they did was for Christ. Opened their home for Paul. Gave him a job in tent making. Became co-laborers. Went with him on his missionary journey. Opened their house again to churches to come in and worship in their house. Perhaps they didn't have another meeting place. So they said, you can meet in our house. They were sold out to God. Sold out to God. We have looked at Paul and his coming to Corinth. Lord willing, next week I want to look at Paul and the converts in Corinth. May the Lord bless his birth to our hearts. That's God in prayer. So loving and gracious Father, we thank thee for the wonderful examples we find in the scriptures of men and women who were sold out to God. How they have much to teach us. Even as Paul himself said, these things are written for your learning. O Lord, we bless thee for the testimony that Paul had in the Quill and Priscilla. A couple just sold out to God. Lord, write thy word upon our hearts tonight. May we take encouragement from the word. And help us, Lord, to serve the Lord, to serve thee, Lord, with nothing less than our all. Dear Lord, be with us this week. Again, keep thy hand upon us. Bless us on Tuesday for our prayer meeting. And Lord, we look forward again in thy will to next Sabbath day. We can gather around thy word once more. Keep us all healthy and well and safe, we pray. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.